This is not just a song, but it's a pledge. It's a pledge of allegiance to the Most High God. It's a Christian pledge of allegiance. So if you're a tongue-speaking believer and you could hear the sound of our voice, we just want you to sit up wherever you are and pledge this allegiance to God Almighty, assuring him that this generation will serve the true living God. Amen? Amen. So that's what this song is all about. And anytime we come to you, we will remind you of this allegiance that we are pledging, that this generation is for God Almighty. There is no two ways about it. So this is an absolute declaration of faith that this generation is for Christ. So when you pledge this allegiance, please, do it with all seriousness. It's not just a song, but it's a commitment you are making to God Almighty. Amen. Amen. Let's just sing this three more times. Almighty God, Almighty God, our generation shall praise your name. Our generation shall praise your name. Jesus, sing 
as Christ. Very come to you as our offering. See them. Oh precious God. The only true wise God. Omnipotent. Omnipresent. All sufficient God. We reverence your name. Thank you, Father, for giving us that privilege of worship. The privilege gathering together unto thee. Unto the Lord shall the gathering of his people be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for letting those families, letting us in to their private rooms. Those travelers on the road listening to us. Those people at the hospital, the correctional center, privileged to hear the gospel. Father, we pray that anyone that lacks peace, let the peace of God that passes all understanding locate the location of that very person that is very deep. Father, we pray, even those without a zip code or postal code, let the grace and anointing of the Holy Ghost locate their location right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, we pray. That time will be the praise. Ours will remain the victory. And Satan will be defeated. In Jesus' precious and everlasting name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 It is a great thing and honor and privilege to be in the presence of the Almighty. And we have something new we are cooking for the children of God. A new kind of ministration we are bringing in uh, family fellowship meeting. This is a different dimension of fellowship. We are going to be dealing with situations or happenings in the world as it unfolds, be it anything, especially things that affect us as individuals, as families, as people of God, things that makes you wonder what would Jesus do if he was here. I mean, here in person, as it was in the beginning, if Jesus was here, what would Jesus have done? So we are going to discuss those topics and we're going to back it up with, with the scriptures. But let's say today we are going to talk about abortion because something happened recently which drew a lot of attention on social media a lot of attention in the Christian community and people were wondering is this the signs of the end time? The Supreme Court of the United States revoked an existing law that gives women right to choose on, uh, on whether to abort a child or not. 
that child, I believe, my understanding is that the child was revoked. So which means abortion uh, is now illegal in most cases. So as a believer, because when you look at those people contesting this judgment, majority are Christians in favor and against. Some say they are protecting um, uh, God creatures. They are protecting the life of the baby. And some say you have no right to dictate or tell me what to do with my body. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, does it mean that those people that are in favor of the abortion ban are more spiritual or they are more of candidates of heaven than those that oppose the decisions of the Supreme Court. It may interest you to know the answers to what you have. There's no victor, there's no vanquish here. But we are going to dig deep into the scriptures. And how did we come up with this topic? Trust me, I got this topic, I was just a few minutes ago. So whatever I'm telling you is something I believe the Holy Spirit inspired me to say. I'm going to speak live. There's no, nothing has been edited. So you can see when we started, we made little errors and we had to correct it. So there's nothing we are doing here that has been edited. As we progress, for you to understand that this is a family meeting, if you have an interesting topic you want us to discuss or treat, please, I implore your honor with utmost humility to send us a message on YouTube channel, uh, Sir Henry Exedero or Family Fellowship, send us a message. We want to hear from you what you want us to discuss. And let us know if you want us to mention your name that we got this topic from you or you want to remain anonymous. Please, I want you to subscribe to this platform because this is gospel like never before, undiluted gospel. We are not asking you to subscribe just because we want to go viral. No, if your intention of subscription is to make us go viral, please do not subscribe. We don't want to go viral, but we want the gospel preached. We want the gospel spread across nations. We want people to hear the undiluted word of God. And we want to teach them the message of Christ. That is the good news that comes with it. So as you subscribe, kindly share the message and become an apostle of Christ. There's something interesting before I jump into this topic. Something that makes me love the Gospels of Christ. And there's one particular author of the Gospel that I love so much. Being inspired by the Holy Spirit. As the time progresses, I will tell you more about him. I love him so much. He inspired me to be who I am today. Do you know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about Apostle Luke. Luke wrote Luke Gospel. And the epistle of Acts supports it was Paul. Yes, but there was some collaboration between Luke and Paul. But Luke wrote the Luke Gospels. But do you know something fascinating about Luke? 
Luke was never a disciple of Christ. He never saw Jesus. He was never part of the ministry when Jesus was alive. But do you know how Luke got the inspiration? Apart from the Holy Spirit inspiring him to write it, he did a thorough investigation about the testimonies of Jesus. I just feel like jumping and shouting each time I, I study about those of faith in the past. Luke was just like me and you. He heard about the testimonies of Jesus. He was a medical doctor. He was a physician. He saw the challenges people were going through and he wanted to investigate. He did the investigation in the process. The Holy Spirit inspired him to write. And I can tell you, when you, look, when you read Luke Gospel and you, look, you read Acts, you will see it was just like me and you writing it. A common man writing it. So that's why I love him. He was not a Jew and he is the only non-Jewish, that's the only Gentile then that wrote the Bible, the New Testament. He was the only contributor. He was not a Jew. He was a Greek. So which means he was referred to as a Gentile. Gentile means a non-Jewish person, someone that was not a Jew. They were referred to Gentile, as Gentiles. And Luke was not a Jew. But he was inspired to write the Bible. So I just want to challenge you. From this meeting we are having, you can be inspired to do better than Luke. What did Jesus say? He said, what all these works I have done, greater shall you do. So Jesus has set up a standard for us to do. So today, as we go into our first discussion, abortion. Abortion rights, the Supreme Court's judgment. We are not here to dispute the judgment of the Supreme Court. It's the highest uh, uh, court of the land. So whatever the Supreme Court says is binding. But for the benefit of that, for those of you arguing on this, I understand some says the moment a child is conceived, that's the formation of a child. The life begins the moment a woman gets pregnant. Of course, that is true. Biblically, that is true. No one disputes that. One day I told my wife, when we were dating, she asked me, where are you from? And I said, I'm a citizen of heaven, made in heaven, assembled in Nigeria, and dispatched to my generation. <laughs> made in heaven, assembled in Nigeria, and I was dispatched to my generation, so I'm a citizen of the world. You can see, made in heaven. So, the moment they child, the woman says, oh, I'm pregnant. There is a life in you. So, the life of a baby begins at conception. So, you can see the argument is right. But don't get too excited. Because we are got getting to the bottom line. Like I told you, it's a family meeting. So, don't be too quick to judge. Or don't be too quick to get into conclusion. This is a different kind of ministration. We are not here to get anyone upset or get anyone too excited, but we are here to bring the good news of the Lord to you. Jesus, uh, God told Jeremiah, when you read Jeremiah chapter 1, he says, Jeremiah, little Jeremiah was going through emotional challenges and God said, before you were formed, I knew you. Before you were formed, so which means before his life began, Jeremiah 
was made in heaven. He was a citizen of heaven. Look what the Bible says. We are not citizens of this earth. We are citizens of heaven. Citizens of heaven. So he said, Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were conceived, I knew you. So the destiny of Jeremiah had already been predetermined before he was born. So no one comes here on earth by accident. Because Jeremiah thought that he was going through so much as a child. And he felt that God perhaps gave him something he could not carry. But God reminded him, this is your destiny, Jeremiah. Before you came to this earth, we already formed you and told you this is what, this is the cross you will carry on earth. So why are you worried about these challenges you're going through? So, moment a child is conceived, whether the child is diagnosed with medical condition, that is the destiny of that child. God knew that that child will go through that situation. He is all-knowing God. You can't play the role of God. God had purpose of that child on earth. This story reminds me when my son, Henry Jr., was conceived. At 21 weeks, the pregnancy water broke. At 23 weeks, the doctors told us it's impossible. Nothing, this guy will not survive it. He can't make it. If it comes out, this might happen, the other would happen. And they gave me an option to sign a paper for the boy to be flushed out. At 20 something weeks, but because I understand the scriptures, I knew the consequences of what I'm doing. I'm about to terminate a life that has been predetermined by God. And I always say that God gives the toughest barrel to his trusted allies. I don't know a message God was trying to pass through me in the name of my son. But let me tell you the truth. It was the hardest and the most challenging and most difficult thing, decision ever in my life. They told me the pains he would go through, the pros and the cons. And my wife said, it's up to me. I'm the father. Whatever I decide, so shall it be. You can see, she did not behave like he and Adam. She passed the baton to me. So it was up to me to take that decision. I told the doctor, he's 20 something weeks. I understand. Let's not terminate the baby. If he survives, he survives. If he goes back to heaven, glory be to God. 24 weeks and five days, to be exact, they had to bring the baby out because there was a problem. Cut the long story short, the baby Larry was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Praise God. Now, you know what I mean, the medical challenges that comes with it. And devil started playing a pastor. Why did you come? Why didn't you terminate this child? But I must tell you the truth. That child is the reason why I'm here today. That child is 
the reason why I'm here talking to you, bringing this message of peace. So that is his destiny. God predestined him to come here as an evangelist in this form. That is his purpose. God knew before he was born. God does not act on information or on doctor's report. There is nothing too much for him to do. He was talking to Jeremiah. So I understand when people make this argument, the Supreme Court, we are right. And others saying they were wrong. As a Christian, I understand this argument. But we will get to the bottom of it. When you read Psalm 139 from verse 13 to 16, you will understand the role God played in the formation of human beings, of babies. You will understand that life begins at conception. And I also understand when, for those of us, for those of them that we are in favor of what the Supreme Court judges said about abortion, they took their belief from Exodus, Exodus chapter 21. That could be the only chapter I will read, or maybe one or two. Exodus chapter 21. When you read from verse, um, I believe from verse 22 to 25, you will get it right. For those protecting this, but what they fail to understand is that these are laws that were made before Christ. These laws were made before Christ. So if we are practicing Judaism, you are right. The Supreme Court is right. If our religion is not Christianity, then the Supreme Court are right. Because Judaism is all about the law of Moses. So this is where we get it wrong. When we interpret the scriptures, let the Holy Spirit do the interpretation. Don't interpret the scriptures out of emotion. Because when you interpret this out of emotion, you hurt someone. God does not move out of pity. No, no, no. God does not move out of pity. So when you move in a pitiful way, you will hurt so many people. That's why when people come to Jesus, even when he saw the man blind, when he saw it, was it a cripple? Whoever, he says, what can I do for you? It's evident what they were going to. But Jesus would ask, what can I do for you? Because he walked by faith, not by sight. Now I'm going to read the chapter because I promise you, pardon me, I will read it from the tablet. I have my uh, um, scriptures here, the Bible here, but just because of the lights, the light is too bright. So let me read from my tablet, uh, Exodus, Exodus chapter 21, verse 22. It says, if men fight and hurt a woman with a child, so that she gives birth prematurely, yet no harm follows, he shall surely be punished accordingly as the woman's husband imposes on him. That is the law, right? Imposes on him and he shall pay 
as the judges determine, just as the Supreme Courts have determined. Right? But if any harm follows, then you shall give life for life, which means if the baby was aborted or dead, then you will pay life for life. Amen. Amen. Now, 24 says, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, food for food, bone for bone, wound for wound, and strife for strife. This is the law. This law was meant for Judaism, practice of Judaism, not Christianity. Nowhere in the time of Christ can these things be regarded. We are not under the law. We are not. Common sense will tell you that shall not kill. It's a common sense. I just gave you an example for you to know that I don't, I don't believe in pro-life, pro-choice or whatever you call it. These are political terms. I don't, I don't try to be politically correct. I just told you. I had every, every legal right to terminate my son's life at 23 weeks. Every legal medical right. But it's a personal decision. It was a test of faith for me. And I took a decision to let it be. No matter the challenges, no, no matter the, the obstacles, I took that decision to let the baby live. Now, you can see the points I made for those in favor of the Supreme Court case. Now, I support those also that says they have no right. The Supreme Courts, they have no right. The judgment, they have no right to determine what they do with their body. When they say that, you can see they have a point as well. You know why? In the Bible days, when God created man and woman, when you read Genesis 1, God created man and woman in the beginning. But there's something that happened. There was a tree planted. The all-knowing God gave man a choice. He gave man, he says, these two fruits, this tree bears two fruits. One is tree of life. One is fruit of death. Choice to choose. Mind you, this is all-knowing God. For you to understand that God understands a time will come we will migrate from Judaism to Christianity. Remember what he told Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew you. So God knowing that man will one day grow to make a decision, to take decisions for himself. God asked man to choose. Man decided to choose the tree of death. He ate. What did God do? Did God kill man? Even though God told us, if you eat of this fruit, you shall die. But what truly happened? Did man die? Did man die? You know this story. I just want you to read it. What point am I driving at? The point I am driving at is this. The choice is up to the woman. It's up to the man. 
to decide. At the end, God will be the righteous judge. The decision, the choice to choose should be for the man or for the woman. At the end, God Almighty will be the righteous judge. Maybe you think there's no scriptural backup for what I just told you. Of course there is. Jesus summed it up. He warned us against the spirit of religiosity. We cannot harm those we want to say. When you read Matthew chapter 7, from verse 1 to 3, that gives you the answer. Why I say we have no right to judge those that make decisions not to keep their pregnancy or to keep it. You have no absolute right. If you're a good Christian and you are obedient servant of the Most High God, I want you to read Matthew. 7, 1, 2, 3. That gives you the answer. That's the bottom line. So, if we are in the time of Judaism, when it was well tolerated, that is fine. So you can see that this is Christianity, Christ-like. What would he have done if Jesus was here? Opportunity to choose. The adulterous woman, when she was caught, they tried to stone her because she was caught in the act. But what did Jesus ask? He, without sin, be the first to cast the stone. He, without sin, be the first to cast the stone. What did Jesus tell the woman when everybody left? He said, where are your accusers? Have they not all gone? Jesus did not even judge the woman, but she said, go and sin no more. Sometimes, the love you show to your sister and your brother will lead that person to Christ. You don't try to enforce your faith on someone else's. But the good works that you do can lead someone to Christ without you even preaching the gospel. So I believe we have dealt with this and, uh, and I want to say that God is the ultimate judge. He's the righteous judge. So as a Christian, don't let the devil blackmail you. Please, in your excitement and happiness, be nice and be kind to one another. Don't think this is a victory for Christ. No, it's not a victory for Christ. God loves it when you genuinely accept him and comes to him. That's why he gave us opportunity to choose good and evil. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, I'm going to draw the conclusion for today. By the grace of God, I will come your way with another interesting topic we are going to treat. And uh, I believe God will. We will expose the works of darkness and bring the truth. What is the truth? Jesus loves you. So do we. That's the truth. Don't let the devil blackmail you. Let us pray. Lord, you are so good. You are worthy of my.
doesn't matter what he who said. It doesn't matter what I may have seen. Oh God, Lord, you are so good. Exalted, Lord, most Thank you, Father. You made a promise to us. Whenever you give us a victory, we will return the trouble to you. Thank you for the victory of this moment. We are returning the trouble of joyfulness to you. Happiness is situation. Make that decision to be happy. No matter the condition. The Father, for you have decided to give us joyfulness. The joy that flows like a river in our soul. Thank you, mighty God. Let your name be glorified. Bless your people. As we marinate in your word, open their understanding. Let the love of God reign supreme. Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Amen. You can sign off live.